Welcome to Spooky Shit Hotel, where you can come but you'll never leave. That's um, that's a parody of Hotel California. I think it's really that good. I'm working on. Yeah, um, I haven't heard the song in a while. I think, but you're I nailing it. It's coming along really well. Um, yeah. I'm Hope. I'm Brandy, and this is Spooky Shit Pod. Yes. And we are, remember um, going places? Remember vacations? Oh my God. Do you remember travel? Do you remember remember sleeping in a place that was not your home? Yeah. Do you Uh, remember being in a place that was not your home? No. No. But once upon a time, we were able to go outside. Yes. We were able to get on sometimes planes, trains, trains, and automobiles, and automobiles, and just get. And go into a place and stay at a hotel. At, at a hotel, sometimes a a B and B. I love a B and B. Sometimes an Airbnb because we're love hipsters. An yes, we're absolutely. young, we're hip, we're poor, mm-hmm. and we're gonna stay in someone else's house. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, it's not mine. Yeah, it's not my house, and that was very exciting. So we're just feeling nostalgic for the days of when you could plan mm-hmm. a trip, go on a trip go into a hotel see some ghosts so what do you do what do you do if you you pay for yeah 130 dollars a night Mm -hmm. you booked your wine tour the next day yes you gotta be there and you realize your room is occupied Uh. by a man from 1768 what walking around untying his boots oh no giving you a salute maybe tucking you in (gasps) But then no, disappearing. I don't like that. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I can't sleep with these conditions. No. Uh, so we've, we've covered haunted hotels, mm-hmm. haunted lodgings for mm. guests yeah. once before. So this is another episode of that. But they're totally new stories. So We've got the, the with the breadth of ghost hauntings mm-hmm. in places of residence mm-hmm. is wide. Yeah. I mean, look, we, got, we can talk about this forever. And honestly. you have... Like, you have some special connections with this mm-hmm. that you'll talk about. I have no connections with this that Great. I'll talk about. I love that. Yeah. And uh, should we just jump into these spooky dookie. Spadooky. Travel residences of places you go to. Yeah. What is what are, what are you talking about today? What hotel? Where? What yes. kind of what kind of like local uh-huh. color is around? Mm-hmm. What kind of tours can you take? Right. This is the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. What? what? A place I have never and probably will never. Knowing what you know. Go to. Which you're about to tell me. Absolutely not. Um, Arkansas, what's around there? Why would you, why are you going here? We got the springs. What are the springs? Uh, they are supposed to have healing waters, but it turns oh. out they don't have healing waters. So let me just tell you why this was cropped up in the news, why BuzzFeed sort of jumped on here. Sure. While people were talking about this. Uh, 2019, uh-huh. which could by been yesterday, could have been 13 years ago. We don't know when that was. They discovered a bunch of glass bottles buried in the edge of the woods behind Crescent Hotel. Oh. And they were like, what are these weird old ass bottles? They're like 20, no, 100 year old bottles. Oh. Um, and they're like, specimen bottles like the size of a jam jar a lot of them are still intact with like weird yellow brown liquid and like fleshy lumps floating inside they got fingers and toes in there just lumps bits pieces chunks and dunks who found this the groundskeeper Mm, okay who was like what is this strange there was a landslide and suddenly there was a there was a storm and i see something strange picking out of the ground and He found 500 
of these whack ass specimen jars. That's so many. And everyone was like, what the fuck is happening at the Crescent Hotel? Yeah, absolute, absolute. Tell me. So this is perfect for their image because they're already billed as America's most haunted hotel. Oh, my God. Yeah. They got it. They oh, earned shit. it. That's amazing. They have it. Yeah. And there's a lot of things going on there that made that so. Mm-hmm. So let me give you the history. Back in 1886, the Crescent Hotel was like the grandest Victorian ass resort mm, anyone that. had ever dreamed In of. Arkansas? In Arkansas. Okay. Yes. Um, it was built for rich people who are visiting those springs, dipping in the healing waters, Absolutely. getting their airs. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got you it. Know? Got it. And they were like, we're going to take advantage of this. We're going to build the most luxury, 78 rooms, exquisite furnishings. We've got a dining room for 500 people. We've got a swimming pool and tennis courts and croquet. It's just like the place where the fancy people could go after the little dip in the springs. Yeah. Um, So very opulent. They had gardens. They had winding boardwalks and gazebos (laughs) and everything you could have wanted. But... It, it did not last because people found out that those waters I did mention were not healing. Okay. Sometimes it's just water. I I mean, like, I, I guess cause this could be a whole episode on, like, healing um, powers. Snake oil. Yeah, but, like, what, first, one, what led them to think it was healing? Two, what proved to them it wasn't? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. They, they just, like, hit a rock. Water came out obviously healing healing thank you bless you they went in there mm-hmm. all the doctors were like go to eureka springs to to cure your tuberculosis which was that was always about the pollution yeah the like the in in the english countryside and you read a jane austen book it's like then we have to go to the seaside to feel better and it's because they're not like in london well they're just nasty. sucking in like air particles of mercury yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which is poison and then and then they were like let's go to the springs so they, and it does help they tried that they tried that and i guess they still had their tuberculosis and they were like fuck you okay great i'm yeah. glad the people are figuring out the truth that's yeah. great they were just dying in the springs and it wasn't working mm-hmm. so uh it sort of fell into ruin this hotel mm-hmm. uh which is very creepy um mm-hmm. And people just stopped coming. It closed down. Mm-hmm. Skipped to 1908. They used it as a college and conservatory for young women. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so it turned into a women's college mm. uh, for about like 10 years there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they had some money from tuition. They had some summer guests coming to the resort still. It was, it was good. It was happy. But okay. then still, it was too opulent too fancy and run down to keep going so that mm. closed okay. so now there's some there's some women feelings yeah lots we've, of- we've got disappointed rich people who didn't get their springs feelings in here in the walls now we have some nerdy women feelings mm. in the walls lots of lesbian love affairs love affairs happened in here this that is could never be congregating in the aura of the place yeah mm-hmm. um skip to 1937 when things get really spicy <gasps> we have a man named norman baker mm-hmm. and he shows up to this resort and he's like i have the cure for cancer i'm a doctor i figured it out excuse me and i know how to do it no radiation no surgery no invasive treatments oh my god just you me and my special formula no what is it norman (laughs) uh he tell me what tell me what it is norman he called it formula five Sounds like a perfume. 
uh-huh mm-hmm. chanel number cancer <laughs> treatment yeah and it was alcohol glycerol carbolic acid ground watermelon seeds <laughs> no. corn silk and clover leaves and he would put that in a little syringe and he would inject it into your tumors no and he was like this will cure your Norman. cancer and he still had a medical license he was just out there hope he never had a medical license okay this all this is makes yes this, this man, all tracks this man found this resort mm-hmm. called it baker hospital mm-hmm. went around telling people he had the cure for cancer he sent out mailers telling people that this is the switzerland of america and it's where sick folks get well <gasps> and this is curable and i can do it uh, but he was never a doctor. He was never, ever a doctor. He was a millionaire, inventor, plus radio personality. This is some P.T. Barnum shit. It really is, but in the 1930s. Yeah. Okay, question. So he bought the whole hotel. Bought the hotel. And made it into, like, his cancer ward. His cancer resort, yeah. He has a resort because yeah. you instantly were cured, right. obviously, if you use... You know, they still do this. (laughs) They still do this. There are places in other countries that are like, if you just take these tonics, Mm -hmm. you'll feel better. These herbs. But I feel like this guy is even less reputable. Oh, yeah. He had already been chased out of Iowa for performing medicine without a license. Okay. This was like his grift. Okay. Also, his treatment sounds like nothing. It was Formula 5. Yeah. Sounds like something you put in a car. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Uh, But anyway, he... He was just an electric radio personality, and people wanted oh to believe him. I knew he was, like, a charismatic guy. Yeah. There's no way he could have gotten this far without that. Yeah, he's a nightmare. So he sent out all these mailers. He told everybody that it was, like, this miracle place up in Arkansas. And and people just, like, flocked the, to this hospital. That's so sad. For years, oh, this was going on. It's so sad. Yeah. How much did he charge, do you know? A lot okay. of money. I'll tell you how much money he ended up making. Okay. Um, but this was also, remember, this was during the Great Depression. I hate the man. Uh-huh. People had no money, and so they were spending anything they had left to try to not die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and, and Norman, meanwhile, during the Great Depression... Drove a handcrafted, hand-hammered, coach-built, cord automobile, custom-painted, an electric lavender car thing. <sighs> he wore custom suits. Yeah. With diamond accessories. Yeah. Uh, and he had his signature. He had a fucking signature color oh. of lavender shirts that he would wear with all of his suits all year round what? with his lavender car what is this lavender shit that was his brand he's a nightmare yeah this is a this is a villain yes down to like the color coding yes you know yeah it's true villains always wear yeah purple. they always have a maleficent color. give mm-hmm. me ursula dr facilier absolutely yeah disney you got yourself your new Yeah, this is a fun movie. He he built all of his wealth on on death, you know? Don't you love that? Desperation and yeah. lies. Mm-hmm. Um so the the authorities caught on to him after mm-hmm. a few years. Um oh. and what they actually got him for was not practicing without a license, but it was for mail fraud. What? Because I guess I don't know, that was the best they could do. They were like you were sending brochures out that that this is a cure and it's not. Um, oh. So. Okay. Did he go to jail? 
there was an investigation. Okay. And it revealed that he had defrauded cancer patients out of $4 million. His money? His time money or our time money? $4 million. His time money? Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Let me just quick do a little bit of math here. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's like, I mean, I don't know. The 40s? 30s. The 30s. Let me try to do math in my head based on nothing. So. 20 million? 60 million dollars he defrauded out of dying people. During the Great Depression. During the Great Depression by injecting them with clover leaves. Um, Wow. Yeah. Guess how long he went in jail for this? Like three days. Four years. Oh, well. That was um, like that was like a shorter amount of time than his hospital was open. <laughs> no. And so he, when he gets out. When he gets out, he he goes to fucking Florida and retires on his riches. Oh, he's fine. And he lives Oh, they didn't they didn't seize his assets. I don't know if they did or not. <sighs> but uh yeah, he he lived a long beautiful life, died in 1958 from cancer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nasty man nasty horrible bad man who bad man did not really get any sort of retribution oh my god uh hate norman baker mm-hmm. hate him mm-hmm. um but what happened what happened in this place because then it it went down again he got off like he got off after four years nobody bought it it was like Weirdly purchased again in the 60s, burnt down a little bit. Oh. Full of bad feelings. Okay, burnt down. And so then, we, huh? So we've got the 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 spring people. We got the spring people, the d- disappointed rich folks. Uh-huh. We've got the ladies. We've got the ladies in their lesbian affairs, mm-hmm. learning philosophy. Yeah. We've got a buttload of cancer, of cancer patients, patients dying. Uh-huh. From malpractice. We've got a fire. We've got a fire. Uh-huh. Okay. And in the 90s, these people swoop in and they're like, we are gonna make this a hotel <laughs> and Ghost Adventures is gonna come and ah, we're gonna make so, so much money. Okay. And they and they did and they do. It's still open? Yeah. You could stay there. They refurbished all of it. You could stay in fucking Norman's room. It's a whole thing. So question. So that they refurbished it and they're like, this is haunted right away. Yes. Okay. That was all part of it. Got it. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were like, oh, perfect, 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 perfect. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have our own blog and we're going to talk yeah. about all the ghosts. Admittedly, like, we're talking about it now. Yeah. That's exactly what the people want. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the victims that still haunt the halls? Let's learn about them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Please. Several apparitions from the hospital obviously are there because that's the worst uh norman hangs out in the hotel lobby in the lobby he's been seen yeah because he's the fucking charisma boy he wasn't actually doing treatments yeah why would he be in their treatment room he's just wearing lavender and just doing speeches he doesn't mean anything he literally they they know it's him because he's wearing lavender They, like, see a man in, like, a fancy linen suit all in lavender. Governor Radcliffe from Pocahontas. (laughs) That's another one. (laughs) Like, purple is evil. Purple is evil. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, they know he just sort of hangs out. He sort of appears, disappears. Doesn't do anything too creepy. Um, They still have his old morgue. They didn't turn that into anything else. That's still there in the hotel. Did you tell me about the morgue before? Well, it's a hospital. He made it a hospital. There has to be a morgue. There has to be a morgue. Plus, okay. everyone was dying there because he was not 
treating, treating anybody. them. He was not a doctor. Yeah. 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 So there was a morgue there and it's still there. Oh. And they still have his autopsy table. Oh, no. They still have his walk-in freezer. <gasps> uh-huh. Oh. And oh. one of the apparitions that people will hear early in the morning, they'll hear squeaky, 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 squeaky down the halls. Is it the... You open your door and they see a nurse pushing a gurney with a... With the... <laughs> A ghostly corpse upon it Mm-mm. heading towards the morgue and then she disappears. That happens like consistently at like 3 a.m. Oh my god. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. That's the worst one. Yeah. Um, housekeepers frequently report hanging out with Theodora. She's uh, an old lady ghost that they see. Okay. And she's in room 419. Okay. Um, and she's a cancer patient. Yeah. Of Dr. Baker. And she, like, introduces herself to them. She's like, hi, I'm Theodora. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, nice to meet you. And then she disappears. Well, I mean, that's very polite. Yeah. That's what she does Does that over and over again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're in loops. We're stuck in loops. We're stuck in loops here. Mm-hmm. It's a bad place. It's a maze of oh, pain. Oh, my God. Um, but there's not just cancer victims here. Because you, I, there's all that other history. So we've got, like... A bunch of other ghosts from different silly parts of what happened, starting with the construction of the hotel in the 1880s. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was such a massive construction that they had to like import a bunch of Irish stonemasons to help build the hotel. Sure. And one of them, a very flirtatious young man named Michael, or at least the ghost tour guides call him Michael. Oh. He plunged to his death in what is now known, or what is now room 218. So um, he's there. He hangs out in that room all the time. He is very silly. Uh, They'll see, like, people will book that room just to hang out with Michael. Yeah. And they have reported seeing hands coming out of the bathroom mirror. I don't like that, Michael. Hearing cries of a falling man in the ceiling. Okay. The door opening and then slamming shut, which, okay, ghost, but but then it can't be opened again. Then that you're trapped in there. You're trapped in there. Now this is a bad room. You told me. You told me Michael was fun. Well, he liked to have fun. You yeah. Know, he... I was picturing like a an, a handsome Irish man. No, who, he's a dick. Who was like, oh, you want a Guinness? You know, just like let me hang out with you. Be a single tulip upon your pillow. Instead, he he's putting his hands through the mirror. Yeah. And then he's locking you in the room. Yeah. And then screaming from the ceiling. Yes. That's Michael. Oh, I. You want to stay there? No. In the hotel's crystal dining room, <laughs> mm-hmm. many employees have encountered a playful spirits in Victorian dress going to the ball. The rich That's people fun. from the springs. Yeah. Um, they see them dancing around in the mornings when it's all dark. They'll see them, mm. you know, partying in there. Very haunted mansion. Uh, yes. During the holiday season, there was one time where they had this big Christmas tree in there and all these packages underneath. And then they closed it up for the night. And they came back the next morning and they found the tree had been moved to the other side of the room. All the packages had been moved. And there were a circle of chairs set up around the tree like the little ghost had like gathered around it and sit to have a chat well it's christmas it's christmas um oh my god yeah another time they came back in the morning to find that the dining room was just like covered in menus like thrown around everywhere uh 
crazy party. Yeah. And then there was another time that a waitress said she was in the ballroom. She looked into this big mirror they have between the doors. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't look into a mirror in this place. She looked into a big (laughs) mirror and she saw a man and woman in like Victorian dress just sort of like facing each other like they were getting married in the ballroom. Okay. Holding hands. Oh, that's nice. Um, And then the groom turned. No. And made direct eye contact with the waitress. I really don't like And I don't like it. Wink. That's so scary. She quit soon after. Yes. uh, (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. At least they're having fun. I mean, it sounds like they're having fun. And the only one who seems like a bad mean man is Michael. Well, Dr. Norman's there, too. What does Dr. Norman do? He just waltz around the lobby being a creep. Well, he's a nightmare person but he doesn't interact with the physical world to ruin your your beautiful stay in arkansas (laughs) right yeah and and i don't know like what's going up in in the dining room but it's just like a lot of poltergeist action oh things like actually moving with the christmas tree and and the menus also apparently in the kitchen for the dining room the the cook who is named which is crazy steve garrison reports that he was once in there and he saw like uh all of all of his pots and pans flew off their hooks. <gasps> um, I hate that. He also said he saw a little boy yeah, in the yeah. kitchen with little round old timey glasses. Oh, <laughs> in like old fashioned clothes, just like skipping around the kitchen one time. I mean, see, that's not bad either. Yeah, that one's okay. But the pots and pans falling. Yeah, that could be dangerous. I mean, yeah, I'm telling you, the poltergeist action. There's there. a lot of bad energy in this place. It's really bad. Yeah. Um. A lot of death. There's more. Okay. So this is this comes from one of the ghost tour guides. She mm-hmm. revealed that she had met a couple who was staying on the first floor in the governor's suite. Mm. And the couple told the guide that on their second night staying in this suite, they had like slept with just a sheet covering them because it was a hot night. Okay. And then the husband awoke just like fully sweaty, realizing that someone or something tucked them into the big, thick comforter. And he was like, wife? And she was like, fuck off. And so he pushed it off. And then three more times, (gasps) he woke up in the night to be tucked in (laughs) to this comforter. Who was that? Who was doing that? What? Yeah. It's fucking weird. But that one, again... Kind of nice. Kind of nice, but also it's too hot. It's too hot. Like, yeah. But ghosts can't know that. They don't know. I, don't know. They, I mean, everything is cold for them. That's true. Everyone says, like, when you feel a presence, is cold. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Maybe they don't know. And there's just been a lot of more, like, interactions with people thinking that they're talking to, like, employees. Oh, no. You know? And then they're like, that person hasn't worked here for 35 years. <laughs> Who? Jeremy? I saw him on his last day of life. He was right there. who let you into your room well we have no one here that's just casually in victorian dress letting people into their rooms yeah that just happens all the time oh my the guy who works at the front desk is just like oh my god (laughs) stop (laughs) stop hanging out with these ghost employees but back to the beginning of my beautiful tale Mm -hmm. about these weird meat bottles you forgot oh, about the I forgot meat about the meat bottles. <laughs> yeah. What the hell were the okay. meat bottles? So people were like, oh, my God, they are the, like, tumors that Dr. Baker, like, oh. you know, surgically removed from people and whatever, whatever. But he didn't do surgery. He just injected. He didn't. 
he didn't know how to. Yeah, and he wasn't, the a, thing. wasn't but a doctor. what he did do and what they found out this was is that they're pig parts that you could like buy from a butcher and pickle. And he like, <laughs> he just had a bunch of these and people are like, what the hell? What is this? And these two ladies came for Genevieve Bauman and Dorothy Bridgman, who once worked at the hotel in high school back in the 30s <laughs> oh my god and we're like oh we know about those bottles actually dr norman would display them all over the morgue to look more doctory <laughs> and pretend that they were removed cancerous tumors or something and he just like had them around to look like a doctor and then when the authorities were coming after him he hid them all in to try to make it seem like he wasn't pretending to be a doctor. Yeah, that would... Mm-hmm. He buried them all, and then we just didn't find them until 2019. So now they're back on display in the old morgue. And they're, now there's going to be pigs haunting. Yeah, well... The hotel. Besides that... Okay, wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can people stay in the morgue? No, it's like a weird, like, part of the downstairs kitchen part. But, it's like, you can tour there, but you can't you can stay tour there. it. Okay. Yeah. It's not a bedroom. Got it. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I just feel like that would be the worst place. Um, yeah. And people have seen, like, weird little children ghosts, like, standing under the autopsy table, just, like, screaming for help. Oh. So I don't know what goes on in there. Oh, my God. This place is haunted. This place is, is the most haunted hotel in America. <laughs> is it? That's what they say. That's what it's branded as. It sounds very fucking haunted. There's a lot of dudes in there. It has a very long, twisty, turny, winding history full of a fucked lot. up shit. Yeah, a lot Except of dudes. For like one really nice sort of college moment in the middle. Yeah. We just had like a fun time on campus. Um, well, and Theodora, the the woman. Yeah. She's just really nice. That's high. And that nurse is not doing anything bad. She's, She's doing her working. job. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, so it seems like some people are stuck in time loops. Some people are partying Christmas. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, that person, whoever's in there is powerful. They're like, the Christmas tree needs to be over here. Yeah, they're just like, just because I like it. There. Yeah. This is my party. No pots and pans. <laughs> None. Well, yeah, that does sound like some poltergeist stuff because there's a lot of bad energy and bad feelings in there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of bad feelings that have been sort of mm-hmm. pinpointed into this place. Yeah. And I just like the idea that after all the shit Norman did after his little retirement in florida his soul got transported back to this hotel yeah like stuck in the lobby it is stupid suits yeah how do you think that works because there there are some uh, do you think he was put back there as as a punishment or just like it's an inevitability because Mm. he put so much energy into it yeah i think it's where you leave all your feelings all your all your thoughts all your memories Maybe. All your dark deeds. I bet there's also a version of his ghost that hangs out in Iowa and whatever the fuck he did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. What did he do? Do we know? He just got ran out. Because he did something. something. Yeah. yeah. He was doing something that a doctor would do that he's not right. a doctor. But apparently you can't, like, prosecute anybody for that in the 30s. So they just were like, get out of here. Yeah. Well, I guess that helped them create laws that they could prosecute people for malpractice yeah i mean we did just recently talk about a dentist who pulled out a full man's whole teeth and then he died from infection so like we talked about that yeah remember the mummy one oh yeah i don't like yeah so like doctors just did whatever they did whatever it was hard to prove what was like willful malpractice and what was just like i don't know 
a treatment? <laughs> he didn't go to school at all. This no, Disney villain man. A radio personality. He was It all makes sense. Fucking radio DJ. He's worse than P.T. Barnum. I mean, P.T. Barnum did some really awful well, stuff, but I think for the body count. Well, body he count. I, I, P.T. Barnum's really bad. I know, but body count wise... Well, the thing is, is that his Formula 5 didn't actually hurt anybody. It just, just didn't, didn't do help it. anybody. But people thought they were getting help. People and so thought. they didn't go yeah. to other places to get help. That's you know? right. Yeah. But P.T. Barnum, like, actively. He, he like, tortured people. Ru- yeah, yeah. Just ruined, ruined lives. Yeah. Just stole their money. and cheated. And he was a horrible racist. Yeah. Y'all, y'all ever seen The Greatest Showman? <laughs> Isn't The Greatest Show? He was a, such a bad man. Love it. Love that movie. Um, Love that flick. Yeah. But Hope. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was, that's absolutely out of control. It's very silly. Would you like to hear about another haunted I, sort of? I would. I would. Hotel. Well, it's not, it's not as big as yours. This one only has six rooms, mm. which is more than I thought it would have, actually. But, um... I know that, and probably our listeners know, if you're listening to this, if you're a fan of spooky shit, mm-hmm. you know about Lizzie Borden. You know you about know, Lizzie Borden. You know about how she took an axe mm. and she gave her mother 40 wax. Mm-hmm. And when she thought, when she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. That's what she did. That's what she did. And you, so uh, the, I'm going to tell you the Lizzie Borden story and I'll just tell you now, there is my mom's <laughs> family is from Mattapoisett, which is like one town over from Fall River in Massachusetts where this took place. So they insist that they are related to Lizzie Borden. Wait, that's the only connection? Yes. I thought you had like some tenuous cousins. No. They're just neighbors? But they insist (laughs) that we are related to Lizzie Borden. You are her progeny. So I am, just while you're listening to this, just know that this is me. And I am, am, oh, I was about to say I'm inhabited by your spirit, but that's a joke. Lizzie? No, thanks, Lizzie. Get out of here. No, thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... What happened? Lizzie Borden. She was born 1860, Fall River, Massachusetts, to Sarah Anthony and Andrew Jackson Borden. Her father, Andrew Jackson Borden, who we're just going to call Andrew from now on. Mm-hmm. So his whole deal was, like, uh, he grew up kind of poor, struggled financially, um, but eventually he sold furniture and caskets Ooh. and he became a successful property developer. He owned like textile mills, you know, where girls were like locked inside. So they and just and lit on fire, yeah. lit on fire 20 hours a day. Yeah. And he so his by the time of his death, his estate was uh, nine million dollars, which we know, our money. which no. we know is more than what Norman made. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. So he was he was great. And he only had his his, like 80 million dollars. Yeah. He he only had his. No, no, no. Nine million in our money. Three hundred thousand in his money. Oh, Don't worry. uh, Norman really. Norman was. Norman made more. Just so you know, Norman was a monster. And so was Andrew. Despite his wealth, Mm. (laughs) Andrew was known for his for being frugal. He was a very frugal man. So, for instance, probably the worst example of this is that the Borden home did not have indoor plumbing, even though, like, everyone else, they were basically in high society Mm -hmm. because of how wealthy they were. Everyone else in their social class had indoor plumbing. So the gals had to go outside, poop outside. Yeah. Um, Just because Andrew was like, no. No, it's cost too much money. And, like, all of his contemporaries lived on the hill in Fall River. Okay. And, like... Those houses were much nicer than theirs. So, the Lizzie Borden house still exists. I mean, like, I don't, I don't really feel bad for a really rich person just choosing not to use their money. Yeah, 
I don't I don't feel bad. I think he's a he's not a great person, but I just wanted to tell you it was trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so his daughters, Lizzie Borden and her older sister Emma, were religious. They taught Sunday school. They were in the temperance union, you know, as you did. Yikes, yikes, yeah, yikes, this is, yikes. You know, 1890s, yeah. right? So we're like, oh my god. They could take a know. trip to the Crescent Resort. They could, <laughs> and they seem, but well, they wouldn't because but their dad wouldn't. would not give them any fucking money. It's expensive. Yeah. Um. So Lizzie's mother, Sarah, who Andrew was married to, died. And then Andrew married a woman named Abby Gray. Um, and Lizzie did not like Abby. Okay. Um, just going to tell you now. How old is Lizzie? Lizzie is in her 30s. Too old to care. Too old to care, yep. She, so she didn't like her, mo- her stepmother. She called her Mrs. Borden. Um, oh, okay. Not Abby. Okay. Um, and she he- believed that Abby married her father for his wealth. But why would you? Because the bitch don't spend it. Well, yeah, but also, I don't know, I guess to inherit. But why would you marry Andrew for any other reason? You know, okay. because he's like not a nice person. Yeah. And he was not liked. Sure. You know? for but his- also, you're 32. Why do you care? Because she is stuck in this fucking house. He won't give her money to leave. Her and her sister are trapped there and they never got married. So, okay, so there is some like... There is no hard evidence for this. Mm-hmm. But the rumors I heard growing up was that he... From your old, 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 great, 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 great We are related. is Angela Borden. Absolutely. <laughs> that he was, like, you know, like, physically abusive to them. Mm-hmm. He was very controlling. Like, mm-hmm. he wouldn't let them get married. He wanted them to, like, stay with him. Wouldn't let them get jobs, get money, leave. Yeah. I mean, the biggest rumor I heard is that they ate just, like, old food, old meat all the time just because that was cheapest and he was saving money. So. Uh-huh. They they were they were stuck there. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um. Weird infantilization thing happening with their brain. Sure. I get you. Yeah. So that's what's going on. So I can see how that would lead to her being like, I don't like my stepmom. <laughs> um. But yeah. So actually, the the maid who at the time of the murders was uh, twenty five. Um. She came from Ireland. She testified that Lizzie and Emma, her sister, didn't eat meals with their parents. So. There you go. Oh, and another thing that happened is that Andrew killed a bunch of pigeons in his barn with a hatchet in uh, 1892, which will be relevant, Um, even though Lizzie had recently built a roost for those pigeons. Oh. So so she was pissed. Like, people witnessed her losing it over that. Okay. Yeah. And he sucks. He just killed a bunch of pigeons. Yeah. Because he... Oh. (laughs) Because they, the reason he killed them is because he thought the local children were uh, attracted to them to hunt them. And he didn't want those kids around his house. <laughs> so he killed all the pigeons. Get out of here. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> off, kids. <laughs> um, so they had a big family argument, like, around that time. Okay, that about the pigeons. Probably about the pigeons, maybe about the food, maybe about the outhouse. Maybe about Miss Borden. Maybe about Mrs. Borden, who they didn't like. Yeah. Um, so both of the sisters in July 19, 1892 took extended vacations in New Bedford, which is just a town over from Fall River. Yeah. So like it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. They went to stay with the Harrises. They're close, <laughs> related by blood cousins. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and then a week before the murders, they come back from Fall River and Lizzie chose to stay at a boarding house for four days before she returned to the family residence. So she was pissed. 
or was scheming. Or was scheming. Thinking of ideas. Thinking of ideas. Just having a way with thoughts, fantasies. Because in the months leading up to the murders, I mean, I'm just going to tell you all the motives, mm. you know, just so you can figure it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we found out that an unbalanced young man kept coming to their house. He claimed to be Andrew's illegitimate son, William, um, and he demanded to be recognized as an heir. And this made Abby, the Mrs. Borden, mm-hmm. very upset. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Borden changed his will entirely to either leave his money to Abby's family or leave it to charity. So for Lizzie and Emma, no money. What? And and William wouldn't inherit anything. So he just like cut all of them out except for Abby. And he gave various real estate to Abby's family. Oh my God. Yeah. But after that happened, the girls were like, dad, what the fuck? And mm-hmm. they, they, so they got the home where they lived with their, their mother, their childhood home. Okay. Um, and they, they bought it from their father for like a dollar. So they, they did get that. Um, so that's all the background. But I'm going to tell you about August 4th. Please. 1892. Take me there. Same year as the pigeons. <laughs> Same year as, as William, as, as the will got all fucked up yeah. and left Lizzie and Emma out. Mm-hmm. Um, same year as Lizzie was 32 and unmarried. <laughs> and Staying in boarding houses, doing... Had nothing to do. So... Right before the murders, for several days, um, the entire household was very ill. Like, like the other townsfolk, this is verified because the other townsfolks were like, yeah, they were barfing mm. and they needed medicine and stuff. Mm. So a family friend speculated that the mutton, that there was mutton left on the stove and was used in meals over several days to save money. Um, that rotten old meat. Yeah. But um, Abby, actually, at the time, was like... I think someone's poisoned my husband because he was not a popular man. He was a very brutal businessman and he, he was not kind. He doesn't seem like the type anyone would enjoy. Would, wouldn't would not poison, yeah. you know? Would be poisoned, but the whole household got it. Yeah, the whole household got it. So whatever. It just like old 1890s meat to me. Yeah, and he just, yeah. And they just like continued to eat it. They like didn't have running water to wash anything. Exactly. And they had one maid. Which was also very strange for this family. Yeah. Um, it just seems like this is bound to happen. I mean, yeah, it's like a perfect storm. So um, th- they had a house guest the n- night before the murders. Oh so my. there's someone else in there. Oh, to be the. Yeah, it was a bad timing. <laughs> um, John Morse, who was like a relative that was doing business um, with Andrew. And they had a very, someone witnessed Andrew. And John Morse having a very tense business talk mm. as well. So, John, keep, keep that in mind. Yeah. So here's who's in the house. Breakfast on uh, August fourth. There is Andrew, Abby, Lizzie, John Morse, Bridget, Maggie Sullivan, who is the maid, eating rotten venison, <laughs> just going for it. <laughs> um. So after breakfast, Andrew and John Morse went to the sitting room, chatted for nearly an hour. Tensely. Tensely. John Morse left at 8.48 a.m. He remembered the exact time. Mm-hmm. Strange. To mm-hmm. buy a pair of oxen and visit his niece um, in the town. And then he planned to come back at noon. Mm-hmm. Andrew left for his morning walk sometime after 9. Abby went upstairs between 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. to make the bed that John Morse was staying in, even though cleaning the guest room was one of Lizzie and Emma's regular chores, so that was a little out of the ordinary. Okay, but maybe Lizzie is 
not pulling her weight today. Maybe something. Maybe else. she's got other things she's doing. I don't know what she's doing. She, but could, she be, could be. She could be doing many things. She could be preparing for something. She could be thinking. She could be plotting. She could, she be, could be just cleaning, cleaning or scrubbing, thinking, creating, looking out the window, thinking thoughts. Um. So this is this is what happened. Mm. She's cleaning the guest room. Abby is, according to the forensic investigation, which was shit, and we'll get into that, mm. it was 1892, mm-hmm. um, Abby was facing her killer at the time of attack. So she was struck on the head with a hatchet that cut just above her ear. Very bad. She turned, fell down on the floor, creating contusions on her nose and forehead. Then her killer struck her multiple times, delivering uh-huh. 17 more direct hits to the back of her head, killing her. It's a lot. Yeah, but it's not 40, like it says in the nursery rhyme no but it, it's certainly more than you need oh it's it, very passionate murder very, very mad, passionate very... murder an axe an axe the pigeon axe and you just like keep fucking going after you get her in the face Ooh. yeah so anyway andrew comes back from his morning walk 10 30 a.m wow um he's key failed to open the door he knocked for attention sullivan the maid went to unlock the door and she found it jammed and she said fuck <laughs> and <laughs> very clear. And she would later testify that she heard Lizzie laughing immediately after her saying "fuck." Um, very funny. Yeah, it's funny. And she didn't see Lizzie, but she stated that the laughter was coming from the top of the stairs. Remember this. Mm. Mm. This was significant because Abby was already dead at the time, stepmother. Right. right. And the body would have been visible to anyone on the home's second floor. But Sullivan, the maid, heard. Lizzie laughing from upstairs mm. after she said fuck. How could she have not seen? But then Lizzie denied being upstairs and testified that her father had asked her where Abby was and she replied that a messenger had delivered Abby a summons to visit a sick friend. Oh. So Did like, a messenger come deliver a summons? No, who could know? Hmm. Who could know? We can't do detective work. No. We can't find a human being that was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So. Especially if it, they weren't there. According to Lizzie, the mm. most credible source. Talk to her. <laughs> she helped Andrew, her wonderful father, sit mm. on the couch, took off his boots, helped him into his slippers, mm-hmm. and then he lay down on the sofa for a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, no one ever going upstairs. Yeah. Even once. And then she turned to Sullivan and she was like, oh, there's a department store sale happening. Um, can you go? But Sullivan's like, oh, I don't feel well. And she went for a nap in her bedroom instead. Everyone napping. Everyone's napping. Well, they're all fucking sick. They're all <laughs> yeah. shitting oh, yeah. their pants and barfing all the time because of this mutton. Mm-hmm. And they just keep eating it. You know what's weird, though? In the crime scene photos, her dad is for sure wearing boots. <gasps> Bitch. Bitch. What? I will say, I'll just interject here. If you go to the Lizzie Borden house in Fall River, Massachusetts, which is fantastic. And you can go to. And you can go to. And I took the murder tour. And you can sleep there. It's an Airbnb now, guys. It's on Airbnb. It's a regular Airbnb. Oh, my God. You can see the couch. And it's not the same couch, because that would be a really weird, ratty couch that would have disintegrated. And, like, evidence or something for an unsolved case. Not because of that. Okay. It looks exactly like the couch he died on. Uh They put a little axe in the middle of it. Mm. And they they put a picture of his... uh, his uh, the crime scene photo next to it where you can see his body so you can pose like him disturbing yeah but you can and, and did got, i and a little bit he's got boots on huh he has boots on what about the slippers lizzie i don't know um so sullivan went to go take a nap and 
she was resting in her third floor room. So she went all the way up. Did not stop. Had to pass the second floor to do that. The maid had to. Okay. She had to clean windows because she was really tired. And then uh, she was resting. And then at 11, 10 a.m., she heard Lizzie call from downstairs. Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Um, That's probably exactly how it sounded, too. Somebody came in and killed him. Somebody came in and killed him. So he was he was on the couch. Uh, he was struck 11 or 10 times with a hatchet-like weapon. One of his eyeballs was split cleanly in two. Don't like don't need that he was asleep yeah uh-huh um, so they put his boots back on his feet mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I, mm, I don't know i don't know uh-huh um so this is what happened the family physician came over the police came over and they're like what the fuck and lizzie's like someone has killed father who could have killed father let's not go anywhere else in the house or try to look yeah anywhere no absolutely well i'll tell you about the investigation because these people Mm. I don't know if you want to hear about this. Uh, I love this. <laughs> um, so Lizzie had an initial interview like right then. And her answers were fucking weird. Her answers <laughs> did not make sense. She was a real weirdo. Okay. So she reported hearing a groan or a scraping noise or a distress call different every time someone asked okay. before entering the house. And then two hours later, she told police she heard nothing and entered the house, not realizing that anything was wrong. Different stories. Um, I thought she was in the house the whole time. It's not. We don't know. We don't know where she was. We don't know where she was. Um, when We know where she was. <laughs> no. Um, when they were like, okay, so where was Abby? She said, oh, Abby got a note to visit a sick friend. Sticking to that one. But she also stated in another interview, she thought Abby had returned and asked if someone could go upstairs and look for her. Like, she said that to Sullivan. So what is what... Um, so after... The way that Abby was found, after the the uh, her husband was found, is... I just want to tell you about that because I experienced this when I visited. Oh, my God. So Sullivan and a neighbor had come in at that point, and they were halfway up the stairs, their eyes level with the floor. When they looked into the guest room... Mm-hmm. And saw Abby lying face down on the floor. Um, Just oatmeal brain. Which, oh yeah, it's horrible. If you want to see the crime scene photos. I don't. There's so much blood. It's just, just totally mashed. But if you go to the Lizzie Borden house, the tour guides are fantastic. They will take you up the stairs and they'll be like, stop. As you walk up, make sure you can see. Right as you walk up, you'll see the exact place where Abby Borden was first spotted with her head just fucked up. If you walk up these stairs, you can just woo, see. And it's very scary. Oh, my God. Anyway. Except for except for if you're the maid and you're taking a nap in the morning, then you, you cannot see. No, she just went straight upstairs. Hmm. Hmm. Um, anyway, the police did not like Lizzie's attitude, which was a good call on their part. She was too calm. Yeah. Too poised. Um... And despite this attitude and her changing alibis, because, like, where was she? Yeah. Um, she was hanging out with all the dead pigeons. Sure. Cursing her father's name. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. They did not bother to check her for blood stains. Oh, okay. Cool. And this is happening. They're just, like, having this conversation while the maid is just screaming about a corpse upstairs. <laughs> they, they're like, okay, yes, ladies. Lizzie? Yeah. Lizzie? Why aren't you more upset? <laughs> they did do a formal interview after. Okay. So... Like, 
they they tried. I don't know how hard they tried. They didn't try very hard. No. Um, Nobody liked these people. And they searched her room. Um, and But it was just like a light. Like they didn't touch anything. They just kind of like walked around her bed, you know. <laughs> oh. Mm. Dusty. And they didn't do a proper search because Borden wasn't feeling well and she wanted to lie down. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't talk to me. You can't interview me. You can't. Uh, she, I'm check faint. my hands for blood stains because I'm taking. She's a, a lady. A nap. She's a lady. She's feeling faint. She's feeling her, faint. She's shitting her pants, and both of her parents are dead. They are murdered horribly. But I'm gonna take a nap in the room adjacent to mm-hmm. the corpse of Mrs. Borden. Absolutely. So in the basement, the police found two hatchets, two axes, hatchet head with a broken handle. The hatchet head was suspected of being the murder weapon as the break in the handle looked fresh. So she went so fucking hard. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and the ash and dust that were on the head of it looked like someone put it there. Uh-huh. Um, it looked very fake, which must have looked really fake if these idiots could have noticed it. Yeah. You know. Um, these guys who were like, I cannot see blood stains, but oh, just a, a, f- a handful of ash thrown at these axes. Who has four axes? <laughs> These people who have to kill a lot of pigeons. <laughs> Keep the kids away from their house. Mm-hmm. Just slicing into <laughs> rock hard, rotten mutton Ugh. for their bacon. So what other evidence they found. Um, they searched the house and they saw a, oh, bloody cloths or rags in a pail in the basement along with the, the axes and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but Lizzie, they were like, um... What's this? And Lizzie was <laughs> What's like, "What's the blood rag bucket?" And Lizzie was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you would ask me that. I'm menstruating." <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. And the family doctor confirmed it, so they took her word on it and never even looked in the pail. They didn't even look in it. They're just like, "Mmm, gross." And then they just <laughs> That's a lady's away. problem. Good even day. Though, yeah, even though Sullivan, who had do- who did the laundry, was like, "Why haven't I seen that pail?" I would be doing that. She said that. Also, on she's the books. like, I've seen your your blood cloths. This is a lot more than that. This is a lot. Of, are you okay? Are you good? Did you die? This is, seems like a full human being's worth of blood. Yeah. Are you okay? I, I mean, so, yeah, it's like, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. What do you think? Sullivan is in on it. Oh, I have some shit to tell you about that. So they also, the the guys uh, also took out uh, Andrew and Abby's stomachs and performed autopsies because they were like poison. Um, oh, and also their milk because poison maybe. Poison One, maybe. because Abby said a couple days before, she's like, someone's trying to poison my husband. Two, because Lizzie went to the local pharmacy and asked to purchase hydro... Uh, cyanic acid in a diluted form which is a poison from the local drugstore and the guy was like I'm not gonna sell that to you poison Lizzie yeah she's like I just needed to clean my furs her sealskin furs um so she didn't get that they don't have a toilet but she has sealskin furs I can't understand this family (laughs) I don't understand this family something Something's wrong here. Oh, but she tried to buy the, poison. Where's the sister in all this? Just like in a hole? The sister was somewhere else. Like her alibi was solid. She was God. she was visiting a friend or something. She she's was having not in the, town. She's having the best August 4th. <laughs> she's just, oh, 
it's summer. I am out of here. I am on my period, and it's not a problem. <laughs> so, I am 35, <laughs> I am unmarried, and I am not at home. Yeah. Which is the worst place in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, to be, what's her name? Sheila Borden? Yeah. No, Emma. Emma Borden. So, I know this is long, but I just, it's a lot of no, information. No, you gotta give it to me. So, um, the, the night after the murder, Lizzie and Emma's friend, Alice Russell, so Emma came back, just like, my parents are dead. Um, <laughs> Woof. They, she wanted to stay with him in the house. Um, Why the, they... In the attic guest room. It's a crime scene. <laughs> no, it's not. It's their house. <laughs> no, it's okay. The police stayed around the house during the night of August 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, where And one officer reported that he had seen Borden enter the cellar with their friend, Alice Russell, uh, carrying a lamp and a slop pail. And he stated that he saw both women exit the cellar as well, after which Borden returned alone. And though he was unable to see what she was doing, it appeared that she was bent over the sink. So you... She did something. She went into the basement, did something with a slop pot, cl- maybe cleaned some stuff. Maybe she cleaned some stuff. Maybe she's... her menstrual blood is just flowing out yeah over woman problems you know all, all over her womanly hatchets women her, issues her womanly fingerprints mm-hmm. so and they let a they let them have a sleepover yeah with another woman they're like we need please we need comfort in this time in the same house where their parents had died by the way their parents were autopsied on their kitchen table like what yeah, they just stayed in the same place. And there was, like, still, like, blood in the carpet. And and they're like, oh, yes, a random person who came in and did this. Well, I guess, gals, you sleep tight. We'll stay around the house and watch out for them. We'll protect you from <laughs> the magical hatchet man. So, uh, on August 5th, everyone left. The house was mobbed by hundreds of people because the story came out. Um, right. And on August 6th, the police conducted a more thorough search. Um, They inspected the sisters' clothing and found a small pinprick-sized spot of blood on Lizzie's under-shift thing. Mm -hmm. And they determined it came from the outside in, not from the inside out. But Mm -hmm. they were also just like, okay. And This uh, is a bloody home. Happens. Yeah. And then on August 7th, um, Alice Russell entered the kitchen and found Lizzie Borden tearing up a dress and saying that she was going to light it on fire because it was covered in paint. Um, mm. So that was a thing that happened. Just so you have that information. That's just a thing that happened. That's something that happened. That's just, that's what all women do with their their red paint smocks. Just a lot of paint. Just a lot of paint. Just got menstrual blood up. mixed together. Lizzie Borden only had two dresses. Like, uh-huh. at all. But this one she had to rip up. That one she had to rip up. And she was only wearing her seal skins from then on. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> so she she was tried. They had enough evidence. They were like, we need to ask her some questions. Uh-huh. We can't let her take a nap in the middle of the trial. No. So she started to take regular doses of morphine also, which they were like, this might explain some of the answers to the questions she's giving because she started taking a lot of morphine after mm-hmm. this. Uh-huh. Um, she had erratic behavior. She refused to answer a question even if the answer would be beneficial to her. She often contradicted herself, um, provided alternating accounts. Uh, so like she was like, yeah, I was in the kitchen reading a magazine when her father arrived home. Oh, then I was I, never mind. I was in the dining room doing some ironing. Um, no, I was coming down the stairs. And then there's the whole thing about the boots. Mm-hmm. Which... Mm-hmm. So, this trial was, like, the sensation 
of Massachusetts. Everyone was talking about this because it was a high society family. Mm -hmm. It was a potential woman murderer. Mm -hmm. And it really seemed like she did it. It seems pretty clear that she did it. Seems pretty clear. Um, But there was five days before the trial, there was another axe murder, but in Fall River, which is weird. It's weird. But also... They, they found that killer, and that killer hadn't been near the Bordens or associated with them. So, I don't know. Sometimes there's just two axe murders in the same place. Yeah. You might be surprised. Um, Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's related. Maybe it's not. Maybe both of them were Lizzie. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, Let me practice. Bam, bam, bam. Great. Mm-hmm. Perfect for me. <laughs> so, what ended up? happening i mean like the beats are basically what i told you like all the evidence was presented um there was a moment in the testimony where uh both of the skulls um were brought in and lizzie fainted mm-hmm. um and they talked about while well, she tried to buy uh poison and she also tried to they don't know where she was for a while yeah um and then uh they they went back. The jury went out. They they for they were only gone for an hour and a half. They came back and Lizzie was acquitted of everything. It's fucking incredible. Because they didn't have any hard evidence. Because the police threw it all in the garbage and lit it on fire. No, they let yeah. Lizzie do that. <laughs> they they let Lizzie do that, like she did to her dress. Uh huh. So just in in summary, she lived with her sister. They got their own house because here's on the hill. On the hill, bitch. Uh-huh. Um, here's what happened. Because she killed... So the will was still what the will was. Right. But because Abby was dead first, the the inheritance went to them. Because it would have gone to Abby. And then Abby... Abby's, Abby's family. Abby's family mm-hmm. had she died after her husband. But because she was killed first, it oh. went to his daughters, actually. Oh. So, actually... Actually. It really turned out well for them. How how do you figure that? I don't know. But they she lived Emma and Lizzie lived in their house until they had a falling out because Lizzie wanted to throw a party for And is a murderer. And is a murderer, yes. Yeah. Um But yeah, Lizzie threw a party for this um this actress and then her sister didn't like it, so they anyway, whatever. By the time of her death, <laughs> Lizzie was worth uh four million in twenty nineteen money. Four million, almost five million, actually. Um, she owned a house, it, several on the corner of French Street and Bellamont Street, big Massachusetts real estate. She owned several office buildings, several shares in utility companies, two cars, large amount of jewelry. My God. And uh, at the time of her death, she was 76. And she left uh, half a million dollars to the Fall River Animal Rescue League in her will. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. It it was about the pigeons, man. Yeah. I it was it was all about the pigeons to her. Um so yeah, that's what happened with and, Lizzie Borden. And somehow her steamy affair with this maid who was covering it all up for her. Girl, the steamy <laughs> affair, there's a whole movie about it. I know with Kristen Stewart. <laughs> um so speculation is that one of the early speculations is that she did it in a, a fugue state because she seemed so, like, disoriented at her trial. So, like, she was, like, blacked out and she murdered them. Mm-hmm. Which That's is a woman who's bad at lying. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, other people think that she was physically and sexually abused by her father, which drove her to kill him, which is rumors I've also heard as well. Yeah. Um, there is no nothing. No mm-hmm. evidence. Because that wouldn't have been reported. Because right. yeah. that was a family issue. You right. know? Um, woman problem. Oh, it's a woman problem. That's yes. just rags in a bucket. Don't look at it. In, in 1984, mystery author Ed McBarn wrote a, a Lizzie novel, as mm. you do, if you are a mystery author, and mm-hmm. uh, suggested that Borden committed the murders after being caught in a lesbian tryst with Sullivan. It seems maid. like it. I mean, it seems like they were both there. She didn't see the body. So what happened there was that Abby caught Lizzie and Sullivan together and then reacted with horror and disgust. And then Lizzie killed Abby with a candlestick, which I don't think is true. I think it was the axe. Mm-hmm. Um and then Andrew returned and she told him that she killed her stepmother and then she killed him in a rage because he was being a bitch about it. Um, Sounds right. Yeah. And then in her later years, Borden was rumored to be a lesbian. She never married. She had a lot of dogs, a lot of little dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is all tracking. But Sullivan married a man. Doesn't mean they didn't have. No. Uh, yeah. Something. But she did. Sullivan allegedly gave a deathbed confession to her sister, stating that she changed her testimony in order to protect Borden. Mm-hmm. So. That was a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, and you can stay in that Airbnb. What you, can, tr- you can spend the night in that house. So today, th- these days, the, the Lizzie Borden house is an Airbnb. It's been... It's not an Airbnb. <laughs> it's a regular B&B. It's a regular b and I'm sorry, I just don't stay in bnb like, only stay in airbnbs we can't we don't we can't we don't we're the internet generation we need the airbnb we need the airbnb okay so the house has been totally restored because it had different owners throughout time and it was it didn't they had to make it look like the crime scene photos again um so if you go there now it looks like august 4th 1892 it's fucking creepy it's a great way to summon some spirits yeah um and you can even like the breakfast they advertise is the same that lizzie's parents ate on the morning of their murders rotten mutton um they actually had flapjack oh (laughs) yeah but they're like hard kind of they don't taste that good just just rancid meat yeah old milk poison um and you have breakfast on the dining room table where they were autopsied as well this is a lot that's the actual table. Okay. Wait, that's the actual table? That one's actual, yes. Ugh. The couch is not actual. You were allowed to eat on that? That's a hundred-year-old table full of man blood. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's fucking fine. Um, there's also a lot of Ouija boards in the house. Oh, yeah. All over well, the place. Vintage Ouija boards. If Everywhere. If Lizzie isn't in there, then Zozo is. Someone's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the, the tour guide, like, if you stay over there for the night, because you can sleep there, he will be like, you can do not play with the Ouija board, girl. Yeah. If you do that, like, one time, there's mm. a story. A visitor stole one once, <gasps> and then they returned it via FedEx with a note that read, please make it stop. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm ki- you, if you have a Ouija board in, like, your local kindergarten, demons will come out of it. So what yeah. will happen if you bring that into a murder home? Absolutely. No, 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 ma'am. So that's what's going on in there. There are six rooms you can stay in. Um, are they nice? No. It's <laughs> it's like you're living in 1892, except for there are bathrooms. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, that's all the difference. Whoa. Thank God. But Andrew it is very fucking cold Borden could have saved his own life. Could have saved his ass. If he had just installed those bathrooms back then. I think it was about the will, too. 
I think it was about the pigeons. And it, oh my god, the pigeons. Yeah. Some say that he also beheaded uh, Sullivan the maid's black cat, and you'll see a black cat ghost around, but <gasps> Look, unsubstantiated. Um, do not kill a lesbian's birds. Yeah, or her, her lover's cat. Or her lover's cat. I know. Absolutely stupid. Mm. So you can stay there. Six rooms. You can stay in the room where Abby Borden was murdered. You can stay on that bed where she was murdered next to, that she was making great so you can just stay there uh-huh um all night long um and you can you know you can wander around the house um you can stay in lizzie's room mm. if you want there's a really mm-hmm. big portrait of her that's like yellowing and it looks down at you oh that's fun yeah i hated even being standing in there yeah because yeah. she's inside of that yeah yeah she's in there yeah she's in there yeah <sighs> anyway here's what's Oh, also the house is for sale for $2 million right now because COVID closed it down. So I don't know if they're going to keep doing tours. Depends on what the new owner does, but we can buy that. We could we could buy that. Yeah. Um. So let me just tell you about some of the the apparitions, Please. some of the, the ghost stuff that happens. Lots of buildup, but it's all going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. So lights turn on and off, whatever, you know, uh, you know they have a they have a life of their own um you hear the staff hears doors open and close footsteps Ah, you know all of that stuff shadow people around going up and down the staircase walking to other parts of the house that's just zozo you you you're seeing shadow people gotcha so i do want to learn more about shadow people (laughs) (laughs) because i don't why i don't know why because in the same article where i got this information they also say ghosts but what's the difference I, the shadow people are like, I guess, gray sort I mean, of blobs. You wouldn't be able to tell if they're wearing a custom-made lavender suit. Uh, yeah, they, these ones did not have a personal brand enough to mm. be recognizable. Yeah, um, guests will feel someone brush against them on the stairs sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And um, disembodied voices are heard oh. sometimes. The the owner once felt a cold finger run down her back. Oh, when no one was there. Hate that. Really hate that. Like, through the clothes? Yeah. Lizzie, get out of there! But for the specific the specific players in the story, yeah. they have all been seen. Of course. Or interacted with. Yes. So, Andrew Borden, the bitch himself, mm. um, he will strangle ill-mannered guests in their sleep. Not kill them. Just Hel- do a bit of strangling. Hello? Yeah. So... They suggest, the, the curator suggests that you leave money on the dresser if you're staying in his room. And oh he God. will leave you alone. Okay. A bitch till the end. Absolutely. And, like, that's only if you're being like, oh, you died. You know, if you're being, like, a bad, yeah, mean person. Which, that's who I would be, probably. Yeah. So I would have to leave money on that dresser if I was staying in his room. I would not give that man a cent. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. You just try. I sleep with a hatchet. He also answered some EVP questions. You know about EVP? Oh, I know about EVP. Okay. Uh, for the listener, EVP is like um, <laughs> like a box that you bring to a haunted location and you ask questions and they go speak through the box. Like electric boops that are words. Yeah. there. It's like a, I don't know. It's like on the... It's like on a radio frequency mm-hmm. um, that like constantly scans to try to get ghost noises. Um so on Ghost Lab, which is a, I, <laughs> is an off-brand ghost hunter, I uh-huh. guess, um, the investigators were EVP in, and the person's the the ghost said that it. He, I'm Andrew Borden, 
And they're huh. like, did Lizzie kill you for your money? And a voice answered very loudly. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> you got that right. Obviously. So, so yeah. So um, that's that's Andrew Borden. We don't yeah. like him, though. You know? Yeah. You go down to the basement. You can't sleep there, but you can go down there all night long if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's like, Lizzie's down there. I'll oh, sh- okay. And it looks like Lizzie. Um, she has a very distinctive face, actually. She is, like, kind of, like, popping eyes a little bit. Mm. Um, and she is down in the basement, walking around, looking around, yeah. just, I don't know. I mean, I guess you maybe she's checking that she disposed of all the evidence. She's, like, frantically cleaning paint-covered dresses. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. For days after the murder, just allowed to. Yeah. Um, for, for the maid, uh... Bridget Maggie Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also been caught on EVP um, screaming, ma'am, come quick. Like, maybe she found the mm-hmm. body of Andrew or Abby or both. Mm-hmm. Um, you can stay in Maggie's room. Cold spots. Apparition of a woman dressed in maid's clothes. Seen doing her chores around the house. Yeah. Maggie. Making out with the ghost of Lizzie. Mm, yeah. yeah. What goes on in the basement? What goes on? Tell me that story. Um, and then you can also see Maggie's cat. Um, and ru- it, the cat rubs up against people uh, and it likes the second and third floor bedrooms. Notably, though, there is a cat that lives there who is a black cat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I, ooh, I don't know about that. Look. Um, there are also people I've reported seeing two young children... Um, in one of the extra rooms that they... Who? Yeah. In various parts of the house. They play games. Um, I read a report that said they really like this game where you lie on the bed, but with your feet on the floor. Mm-hmm. And they'll lift up your legs. Um, these children are thought to be a neighbor's children. The neighbor, whose last name was also Borden, but huh? was not a blood relation. Huh? was a marriage relation. Okay. She got really bad postpartum depression. She killed two of her. Oh, yeah. And they just decided to migrate over into the bad place. Well, you know what? I don't mind that that much, that story, because this is the only house, only thing, everything else is like a construction site or just Mm. like a Dunkin' Donuts, you know? Like, this is the only place that's from 1892 that's still, all the other houses were destroyed. They're like, this is full of the bad zone. Let's get in here. So they got in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, this just like, I, uh, there's a lot of shadow people mm-hmm. around. Um, the the curators will tell you if you go. I would really suggest going to the Lizzie Borden house. It sounds really fun. It's so fun because the the motherfuckers who run the tours they know everything and yeah. they have their own theories. Like the one <gasps> yeah. they have their own distinct theories about who did it. The one I was with was like convinced it was the John Morse, the guy who was sleeping. Oh, the guest it. man. Yeah, he's like just we just don't know that much about him. I'm just like, oh. And they they like laid out the whole case and it was amazing. Wow. But yeah, they say like I see these shadow people. Mm. There's a lot of activity on the stairs. Yeah. Um, doors slamming. Things moving around. Mm. Moving around. Um, some people say they can smell tobacco pipe and lavender when they sit on the couch Ooh. where Andrew died. Ooh, yeah. I love a scent ghost. I know. And then just like shadow people are just walking through mm. all over the place. So that's my story. Um, yeah. I'm constantly told I'm related to Lizzie Borden. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. I think we are just from Massachusetts. And that means 
related to Lizzie Borden. Related to Lizzie Borden, and, yeah. But I always heard the story as like a feminist folk hero story from my mom. Oh my god. Yeah. She's just like, just a- she took down the man. She would not be <gasps> oppressed. She's like an unhinged murder lady. Okay. Absolutely out of control. So yeah. that's my story. Um, wow. Yeah. How do you feel about about these uh these hotel ghosts these um, ghosts if they're real are they real can yeah. they be real they're real they're real i think they're real um i think that yes it's all true enough bad shit happened in these places with so many people coming in and out through that the yeah. feelings the vibes the auras certainly got mixed around i yeah i certainly believe yours there's there's so much so much death there's so much so much weird artifacts left behind, plenty of things to get attached to, so much death and then, like, just perversion of that death. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That, yeah, 1,000%. Plus, with a hotel, mm-hmm. you have, like, a million different people from all walks of life coming in to see these places mm-hmm. with different sensitivities, different eyeball abilities, mm-hmm. different ears, hearts, and minds, mm-hmm. that you're gonna have more chances of picking up stuff. yeah. I think, yes. I think for Lizzie Borden, it's it's really interesting because for a long time, the house was not the Lizzie Borden house. People mm. just lived there and it was like a nice old oh, Victorian house. Jesus. Yeah, for decades. And then it was restored in the in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, when they were like, like people nasty. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, everyone wants to see this, right? Yeah. Before that, they're like, we don't talk about that. And they were, they were right. And yeah, um, they were right. It's gross. Mm-hmm. But I think... I don't know. I was learning a lot about like um, how miming scenes that had happened in the past can like bring ghosts back and bring spirits back and bring like oh, because it wasn't memories. very active beforehand. Yeah, it wasn't. But I mean, the the former owner said she heard like you know the door slamming and the mm. footsteps and everything, but nothing so specific as yeah. seeing like Lazy Bourne or well Andrew Bourne being like you bet <laughs> <laughs> you. Yep. Um, um, I mean, they really manifested those those characters in there it feels like yeah how it it feels like if you're asking for it because the people who stay there are like paranormal investigators only right you know so um it feels like if you you think about it enough like maybe if you want it enough if you want to talk to these people enough and you're in this place and you're like if time is all happening at the same time you know come through come through it's time let's go let's uh i mean a lot of ghostness involves invitations yeah contacting them asking big invitation right there it's like we rebuilt your house on the day of your murders would you like to come by come on down yeah yeah no it feels like that i believe all of it yeah Mm -hmm. um my bad advice yes would be to uh Grab yourself a nifty hatchet head. Okay. Uh, sharpen that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, get yourself some just random meat stuffs. Yes. I don't care where you got it from, how old it uh-huh. is. Let it sit on the counter five days. Fabulous. Six days. Mm-hmm. Start hunking pieces off with your hatchet. Put that in the frying pan. Mm-hmm. Dip it in a pancake. No. And eat that every day. That's really bad. That's my bad advice. That's going to make you um, have eternal live in an eternal hell you know that's one of your own creation manifest yeah you're in your own house Mm -hmm. for hundreds if not thousands of years Mm -hmm. 
And also, it will smell like the last shit you took, which would be atomic. <laughs> yeah, um, just yeah, forever. Absolutely. Oh, there's also a ghost in Lizzie Borden house named Mr. Stinky who lives in the basement. <laughs> and he smells like rotting meat. But, the, you know, there's not a lot of evidence about that. But people do talk about it. Anyway. Look, there's some real Mr. Stinky stands out there. So my my bad advice would be if you are a villain mm-hmm. that is doing some real fucked up shit to uh-huh. people and just destroying lives, yeah. make sure you have a unique color mm. that is perfect for you. Make your car that color. Make all your clothes Get your that branding color. right. Get your branding right so people can recognize you in your death. Yes. And um that's 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 bad advice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um wow, this this was a, a good chunk of an episode. Yeah, I we really we made it. an episode. I really like talking about Lizzie Borden. As Look, you've heard I'm related to her. <laughs> you are related. She is your great 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 Fantastic. Well, we are a podcast that you can rate and review you on can iTunes. Do that. You can leave a review. You can email us, spookyshippod at gmail.com and That's tell right. us about your ghost relations or your ghost hotel ghost stays. Hotels. Your anything. Like anything. Your spooky. Airbnb that you're going to put up when the panorama is over. Um, yeah. Sorry, just started thinking about the panorama. Don't think about the panorama. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have an Instagram that we don't post to. At spookyshippod. Yeah, I should post to that. Everything's hard these days, you know? Anyway, thank you for coming to <laughs> the show. Welcome to the hotel. <laughs> we made a show. <laughs> <laughs>